When Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, he was encouraging them to live in a way that would bring honor and glory to Christ's name. In the seven years of your ministry here, when you were the lead pastor, the senior pastor, um, Pastor Phil, your motto that you brought to the church that you encouraged them to live under, I found business cards and posters and flyers and envelopes and in cupboards recently with it in, was taken from that letter. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Paul, writing to the Philippians, says this, Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated, intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of your destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. God always blesses the public reading of his inspired and his infallible word. I, my name's Malcolm. I lead the church here at Dundonald now in no small part because of um, Phil's encouragement uh, to your leadership team to have a conversation with me about that possibility. Campbell will talk about that a little later on. But I want to encourage you because I know that Phil and Lynn would want me to do this. We honor you. We thank God for you. We celebrate your ministry, but we do not worship you. We worship the God that has held and sustained and strengthened this church from the moment it began and will be with it until the moment it ends or he returns. And the letter of the Philippians reminds us of the power and the purpose of any local church. It is a huge encouragement. I'm not going to speak for very long this evening. Most of you said, praise the Lord for that. About five or ten minutes, really. If you take Philippians chapter 1 and you explore it, you discover in it some powerful lessons, some great truths that I think underpin your ministry, Phil, and I think underpin the ministry of Dundonald Elam, and I pray will underpin everything that we do moving forward. The first thing is a very simple thing. This whole church in Philippi was built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was built upon the good news that God had come in human flesh and transformed the, uh, the fortunes of men and women if they would only turn to him. Dundonald isn't built on the blood of Phil Hills. It's not built on the blood of any of our previous pastors. I thank God that some of them are with us this evening. I'll say a little bit about that in a moment or two. This church is built on one foundation and one foundation only. And that foundation is the blood of Jesus Christ, his death on a cross, his burial, his resurrection. He's the one that brings life. The best and the greatest preachers in the world could stand behind this pulpit, but without God's spirit being at work, it would avail to nothing. But when God is in a place, when God's grace and mercy are in a place, lives are changed. The gospel 
Some of you may have come tonight thinking, I want to hear something about this Jesus. Maybe somebody brought you. Maybe you're a guest. Maybe you're watching online and you are um, connecting to us from somewhere around the world. Thank you for taking the time to do that. The gospel is this, that God has loved you and I so much that he has sacrificed his son, that if we believe in him, we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life. Jesus Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures. That is the good news that can transform lives. And it's the good news that is on offer here tonight, just as it is every Sunday night, every Sunday morning, every time we gather. God reaches out his hands to you and to me this evening, and he offers us life and hope and grace and mercy. And actually, Phil, if I can say this humbly to you, I've known of your ministry for 25 years now. And there are rarely people that I have met that have built their lives on the gospel in the way that you have. You and Len have been willing to go where God has called you, do what God has asked you, take risks and make sacrifices and pour yourselves into the church of Jesus Christ, not just because you love people, not just because you're excited about the church, but because you love this Jesus. You said it yourself a few moments ago in your testimony. As a 16 and a half year old young man, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ that transformed your life. And that is what brought you here. It's what eventually caused you to leave here. And last year, it's what caused you to come back to help this church family. This gospel can be the biggest and the greatest adventure of your life. If you are here this evening and a Christian and you're looking for a great adventure, for something to give your life to, there's nothing bigger and there's nothing better than this news that God has broken into the world through Christ and through you, he can bring transformation and change. Through your life, through your example, through your giving, through your serving, through your going, through your doing. There's no such thing as an ordinary life in the kingdom of God. All of us can be places and people through whom God can shine. What an amazing thing. In Philippians chapter one, you see that again and again and again. But here are three simple things. First of all, I want to encourage those of you that are Christians by this simple truth. In Philippians chapter one, verse six, Paul says this, I am confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it through until completion on the day of Christ Jesus. That's a promise worth holding on to. God has started a work in you and he will carry it through to completion. No matter what happens, God will finish his work in you. Who's the only person that has never left Dundonald Elam's pulpit? Who's the only person that has never walked away? Who's the only one that has been at every meeting, in every prayer meeting, in every Bible study, in every Sunday service from the moment this church began and will not miss one? God himself in the power of the Holy Spirit. What a faithful God. And the work that he has started in Dundonald, he will complete. Amen? I live amongst a generation that want a great purpose. They don't want small asks. They don't want to be given a tiny vision of God that is about God boxed into a building. They want a vision of a God who is big enough to change the world. A God who can overturn injustice, who can transform Northern Ireland. A God who can transform the Republic of Ireland. A God who can breathe across the island of Ireland and the continent of Europe. They want a big ask. So I'm laying a big ask in front of you tonight. 
The ask that has taken Phil and Lynn Hills from here to uh, where they are now in Nottingham to Teen Challenge and will take them wherever else they may go. That God is changing the world and he wants us to be part of his plan. He can take our experience, our lives, our purposes, and he can do something through them. Don't think for one minute that when you become a Christian, when you become part of a church, you're becoming part of a cozy conservative club. A place where people fall asleep on a Sunday morning and rush home so they can get their roast beef or roast turkey. To be part of God's church is to be part of the most dynamic, life-giving, hope-giving, transforming community on planet Earth. And also statistically, for those of you that are interested, it is to be part of the community in the United Kingdom that provides the biggest number of support to those that are on drug addiction, the biggest number of uh, spaces in emergency housing for young people, the best kind of counselling, the best kind of community support, the best kind of community investment, the best kind of helping people get out of poverty. Because when everybody else goes away, we're still there. Oh, don't be too excited about that. <laughs> The Church of Jesus Christ is a dynamic, exciting, life-giving, hope-giving, wonderful community to be part of. And maybe you'd like to think about joining it tonight. Not this church. We're broken and flawed like any other. The Church of Jesus, the life-giving body of Jesus, there's nothing like it. I sometimes sit and listen to preachers and think, I don't think you really like church. <laughs> Have you ever felt that? Have you ever listened to a pastor who spends 20 minutes telling you how hard ministry is? And sometimes you just want to stop them and say, why are you doing it? Stop giving me your woes. It's the greatest privilege in the world to be a preacher of the gospel. The greatest honor of my life. Do you know, and I don't mean this, of course there are days I get out of bed and think I'd rather get back in. But by and large, every day I have to pinch myself that I get to do this. Wouldn't trade it for all the money in the world. Nor would you, eh? And the third simple thing is a purpose, a passion that can grip you into eternity. What else can give you that? Live a life worthy. A life that radiates Jesus. A life that brings glory and honor to him. A life that shows people what happens when one person surrenders their life to God and what he can do through it. Wow! Wow! I think I'm more excited about that than you are. <laughs> a life that radiates Jesus. I'll tell you what will change Northern Ireland. A political program won't change it. A church campaign won't change it. An evangelistic campaign won't change it. Ordinary men and women living a life worthy of the gospel will change this province. You and me living out our lives for the glory of God as teachers and nurses and health workers and pastors and preachers as butchers and bakers and candlestick makers. Live a life worthy. Let God shine out of you. And I want to thank God for you because God has shone out of you. And I also want to thank God for the other men and women in this church that have surrendered and given their lives so much to God's kingdom. Those of you that have been part of Dundonald and have heard me preaching over the last few weeks will have heard me asking previous pastors to pray at communion, to pray in particular parts of the service. I make no apology to you for that. I want to be part of a culture of honor in this church family. I want to honor those men and women that have given their lives in service of Jesus Christ. Now, you may be embarrassed about this tonight. Don't be embarrassed. Just bear with me for a minute, would you? 
because I know there are so many here. It's, I don't know what you call a collection of pastors. Is it a gaggle? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but for a moment, for a moment, if you have pastored a church, would you mind, and please don't hide, would you mind just standing for me in this room? If you have been the pastor of a church, you have definitely been the pastor of a church, Phil. Come on, fellas, stand up. Now, I would like you and me as the flock of God to show these men our grateful thanks for their ministry over the years. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. Please sit down. Some of those fellas have pastored in this church, and I want to do something this evening, which I, I suggested um, the moment I was appointed here at uh, Dundonald. Uh, first of all, I want to say this. To those of you that have pastored here, once an elder, always an elder. That doesn't mean that you will be serving on our leadership team. It doesn't mean you'll be at meetings. But fellas, I want to ask you, will you walk with me and with us as a leadership team? Can we turn to you for advice and guidance? Can you know, please, that you're honored here at Dundonald? You are valued. We love you. We thank you for your experience and your passion and your energy. I'm not at any way threatened or afraid of you being fully involved in our church family. I need you. We need you. And I thank God for you. I want you all to consider yourselves honorary pastors of Dundonald Elam. I want you to know that that's how I think of you, that that's how you are seen, that's how you are celebrated. We need your voice and we need your ministry. It's not over. You may have retired with an I, but I want to encourage you to be retired with a Y for this next season. And I have great delight in saying to you, uh, Phil, that as a church leadership team, we've talked about this, we've thought about this, and we, have, um, we are asking you to accept the responsibility, and I know you've accepted it, but the church doesn't know. Church, Phil is taking on the responsibility of being one of our pastor emeritus. That means not that, he's on the, not that he goes to conference, not that he has a vote, not that he has any formal role within Elam in Ireland. It means that when he comes back to Northern Ireland, this is his home church. When he comes here at any point, this is his home church. <laughs> 